When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow! Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing today? I'm good. Chris, uh, you may be familiar with my little unlovable um, shed down the bottom of the garden where I do all of my, or some of my recording. It's not where I'm recording mm. today. I'm recording from Stack Headquarters, but um, I'm doing quite a lot of recording from my home, the voiceovers and stuff. Um, but I've made a little, I've made a little uh, room with like cameras in it, <laughs> Chris. That sounds really I've sinister. Made... <laughs> I've made what can only be described as something approximating a Twitch uh, streamer's sort of bedroom Ooh. setup. I've put lights up. I've got two cameras. I've got two cameras set up in my in my uh, in my studio. Uh, and see that little uh, that little um, shelf uh, combo unit you've got behind you uh, in your Indeed. in your recording room. Um, I've also got one of them, and I've put that up. Uh, and so now I've got like loads of pieces of uh, consumer electronics I've bought over the years. Um, so I've made I've almost made a little set, Chris. So maybe I'll get maybe I'll get into doing something video wise at some point. <laughs> maybe we'll be able I've to been trying to convince videos. you. I've been trying to convince you so much to start a Twitch thing because I mean I I like streaming once a month, but like I mm. I don't have the energy or the the smiles to do a Twitch stream. You and I have even less free time. Perfect. <laughs> you you can yeah, but you like to play video games. You can play your monkey. I do. I never get to Call play, and that's the that's the thing. Great. I think. Uh, the the thing that got me was I was I was recording a podcast and it looked honestly looked like I was in a padded cell. So I thought, right, I've <laughs> I've I've got a couple of like bits of odds and sods. I've got an old uh, kind of shelving unit. I'm going to put that up. Uh, and you know what? It looks a little bit like what I've seen people on the YouTube's doing the old the old video with their stream decks and their multiple cameras and stuff. I'd say, oh, I've done a lovely job. Even if I say so myself, Chris, I'll have to send you a picture. I feel like your subconscious knows deep down that you're going to become a Twitch streamer and it's bought all this crap and done the room up and I, now you're that, going to do the worst it. You're thing, going to take it The off. worst thing is, Chris, I already had the crap. <laughs> That's the worst thing. <laughs> all the had it, mate. All the had that crap. So, uh, yeah, what are you going to do, eh? I think, I think you'd be quite good at it, though. And I, I do think you are someone who would thrive on Twitch and you would do well at it. I just think, Chris, I've found my calling. It's not in front of the camera. It's very much installing those cameras. I will be uh, London slash the UK's premier Twitch stream bedroom uh, upgrader. I'm going to come around your. I'm going to come round your house. <laughs> I'm going to install ceiling mounts for your cameras. I'm going to install wall mounts for your lights. Um, um, we're, we're, you know, and and you, I will upgrade your setup for a nominal fee. That is going to be my new business plan. I want to be the guy who buys expensive LED lights on Amazon for well over what they're worth and uh, installs them in people's <laughs> bedrooms. 
<laughs> well, you should come on over to the Abroad Japan studio. I'm thinking of doing more live shows myself. Probably not Twitch stream level. I'm not going to do it that right. frequently. I oh, know it's kind of fun doing live shows. I used to find it really creepy and really scary. Like, creepy. you know, well, no, seriously, it's really weird having like five to six thousand people stare at you from around mm. the world. Why? I remember last year for my thirtieth birthday, an event that I'd been looking forward to my whole life. I thought, yeah, I'm going to turn thirty. I'll be in a pub in London with all my friends and family, and it was just me in a, alone in a room doing nothing. That's and right, yes. drinking. It was, it was pretty bleak, but I did a live show. <laughs> Because I thought, yeah. I'll have it with 5,000 people then. And, you know, it's it was fun. But it's scary. You have like a – when you stop talking when you're doing a live show, it's just yourself in the room doing it. You just mm. stop talking and it's just silence. And then you you, you have this weird awareness that's just 5,000 people staring at you from yes. various places. It's like people on a bus in Brazil on their phone. There's like a guy climbing a mountain in Iceland watching it. There's like people in Paris having a sandwich – watching it on their laptop like it's people around the world it's just really trippy and is it because you're chris you're usually like a kind of um you're a pre-recorded guy you know you're able to think about what you're doing uh camera angles lighting and stuff like that you can kind of like think about it but when you're on twitch people are just looking up your nostril hairs looking at um you know (laughs) your your chin i don't don't know what you're 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 paranoid about um you've you've really got i I guess you really have to be very comfortable with what you look like or 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 on Mm. another tack just not give a shit (laughs) it's not that it's that feeling of like you've constantly got to be entertaining people and it's really Mm. interesting and i and i have a big problem when i do a live show and it's that i'm constantly looking at the live uh the live view account right and you right. can watch when you talk about a certain subject the view count will just drop off 100 200 people and when you talk <laughs> about other subjects it'll go up and it's really interesting what, seeing... does it, what, what does it go up and what does it go up on and what does it go down on when i talk about Six. pete donaldson <laughs> thousands <laughs> leave no up i, I it's, it's like if you start going off on a tangent about shit that's when you lose people <laughs> and if you right. if you're telling a story that's when people stay like hooked on you're talking about some juicy gossip that's Ooh. when it keeps going up and up about the time that, you know, your friend did this, that, or the other, the time Nat's game did that maybe, or maybe that's my, maybe that's my Twitch thing. Like if people want the inside track on Chris Broad, I've got it, mate. I've got it in droves. I've seen, I've seen the dark side of Chris Broad. <laughs> abroad in Japan exposed. I think, mm. there, I think there actually is a video called abroad in Japan exposed. <laughs> yeah, what's that? Uh, Bit of fun. We've got a story this week from yeah. Andrea. And I'm going to let you read it because I want to drink oh. my coffee. And I well, always the, do the story stories. last week was very long. Uh, on, on, on Sunday was very long. So I'll bash it this long. one. Hello, Pete and Chris. My name is Andrea and I'm from the Italian Riviera. I could not be more into being in, on the Italian Riviera right now. It sounds lovely. I really love the show and I've been listening, uh, binge listening in for the last couple of months. I was feeling slightly ashamed about sharing my story with you and your listeners. But after listening to so many other crazy stories, I thought, why shouldn't I hop on the back of Gaijin train? So here's my story filled with Japanese people being kind, booze and broken bones. It was 2010, my first time out of Europe and I travelled to Japan with my best friend for six weeks. Six weeks! Come on! We had absolutely no plan and we ended up spending almost the entire time in Tokyo partying and working up way too late to do anything the next day. It was a vicious and beautiful cycle. One night on our way back from Rapongi, with the support of way too many strong zeros, I tried to defeat the law of physics, the laws of physics, and unsurprisingly, I failed. The result? I fell down the escalator to the platform next to a salaryman on his way to work. My arm was broken. Wow. I was obviously way too drunk to feel any pain, and I kept on having fun with my friends like nothing happened till the moment we had to get off the subway. 
while falling, I also lost my wallet. And on top of the train ticket, uh, I had no more money, credit cards, and my friend's cards too. Don't ask me why we had anything in one, everything in one wallet. At this time, it's not too clear uh, that I'm not... Uh, sorry, at this time, it's clear I'm not uh, good at taking decisions. Um, we went straight to the lost and found office, and then the officer helped us in such a remarkable way. He called his colleagues back in Rapongi. He placed my wallet on the next train, and in 30 minutes' time, my lost treasure was safe and sound back in my drunk pockets. Wow! The next day, I became the main attraction of the hostel as everyone started playing doctor on my arm. Pain was kicking in. A massive purple bruise was emerging on the surface. The main issue was about my health insurance. Before, oh, no. Before leaving Italy, I didn't even know that healthcare is not free everywhere in the world. I was shook. Um, the solution, I... Oh, lordy. The solution, I hauled onto the pain, suppressed it with alcohol and went on partying and having fun for the next four weeks with a scarf tied up around my neck to support my arm. As soon as I flew back to Italy, I went to the hospital where I got uh, diagnosed with a fracture of the ulna. The uh, radiologist, after hearing my story, just told me, you are an idiot, but good for you, a lucky idiot, because your bone is healing in the correct position. Otherwise, we would have had to take you to the surgery room, break it again, and place it the right way. Everyone buys souvenirs from Japan, but I'm pretty sure nobody has scars on their arm with the pattern of the Tokyo escalator. That, uh, Andrea, uh, (sighs) is horrific, but B... Warrior, absolute warrior. Tip it up, party for four weeks. Let's go on. I'll get it fixed in Italy for free. Wow. (laughs) What a legend. It reminds me of the time (laughs) I did the exact same thing, but with my ankle in a bar in Korea. I got, I I drank a lot, to be fair. I drank a lot. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I fell down the stairs and I twisted my ankle right round. And I was so drunk though that the pain was really, really well numbed. And I just kept walking on it. And the next six weeks, my foot was absolutely fucked, and I could barely stand up. And then two months later, I cycled two thousand kilometers across Japan. Somehow, my Yay. foot still moves. But it's amazing how <laughs> alcohol can get you through incredible pain, both physical and mental. Mm. And that story is yeah. a testament to that. Well done, Andrea. <laughs> that's, absolutely that's insane, warrior. Good God, those <laughs> treacherous escalators. In fact, this this uh, <laughs> the uh, the story this week involves an escalator of sorts. Okay. Um, as you may know. Have you, have you ever ridden the Shinkansen bullet train from Tokyo to Niigata? I know you've been to Niigata. And uh, I I've, hope you went by I've, bullet train because there's no other way. <laughs> um, yes, I did take a bullet. I did take a bullet train, but uh, yes, yes, I did. Um, but nothing really stood out in the trip. Very quick. Did nothing stand out on the bullet train, though? No, no, nothing stood out on the bullet train. Uh, really? Why are you looking at me like that? What's going oh, on? really? Well, <laughs> up until uh, this month or next month, the um, the bullet train, the Max Toki, Max Toki, I love the name of that, mm. Max Toki, uh, it's a double-decker bullet train, the one that goes to Niigata. Oh. And it's really cool. Like I remember I was always like gobsmacked when it came into the Tokyo station or Ueno station. I'd be like, what is that train? Where's it going? Who can go on that? <laughs> and then I've ridden on it four times since. And it's cool, though, like a double-decker bullet train. Mm. You sort of get on and you think, oh, shall I go upstairs? Shall I go downstairs? Possibilities are limitless. You go up well, or down. Depending on your ticket, I imagine. <laughs> Do you not have a yeah, booking? to be fair, it's usually reserved. <laughs> I always went upstairs. But unfortunately, yeah. it is being retired and replaced with a much faster but thoroughly not double-decker train right, going forward. Okay. Um, but to commemorate that, they built an escalator that looks like a double-decker train at Tokyo Station. I think... That's not really an interesting news story, but I think what's interesting is double decker bullet train. Interesting, yeah. Double decker bullet train. So, so I thought the so I thought that um, 
the double decker escalator was to get onto the upper deck of the train, but it's not. It's a double decker escalator they've created to commemorate the loss of a double decker train. So, it, I mean, it's confusing <laughs> at best, isn't it? Really, it's confusing at best. Yeah, it's very confusing. <laughs> but what I will say is, I mean, I, I'm quite. I do love the bullet trains in Japan. I'm a big fan. I love getting on the from Sendai to Tokyo. It's so effortless. You get on the bullet train, sit mm. down, 110 minutes later, you, you pull into Tokyo Station, job done. But just the speed, 320 kilometers per hour, it's just mm. so much, just so bloody pleasant. And <laughs> I, uh, I, just, I just love it. And I don't know why we don't have them in the UK yet. Why is it so difficult to build them? Why haven't we got them yet, Pete? Why has no one thought, let's have them in the UK <laughs> to go to like Cornwall or Wales or wherever the bullet train would go? It's expensive, though, isn't it? It's just expensive, mate. We've probably got to get to London from London to. I wonder. Well, so let's let's figure out, right? Okay, top speed of Shinkansen, right? Okay, so three hundred twenty kilometers per hour. Well, apparently, to, uh, so all you left maximum speed of two hundred seventy kilometers per hour. Apparently, what? the Shinkansen route. How fast is the fastest? What? Oh no, wait, sorry, scratch scratch that. The trains reach a top speed of one hundred ninety nine miles per hour. So yeah, sounds right. So say two hundred miles per hour. Uh, London to Cornwall, uh, miles. How many miles is that? It's so two hundred eighty-five miles. So it'd be like an hour and a half, really. If we had a bullet yeah. train, be about an hour and a half to get to bloody Cornwall, isn't that? And but it now takes uh, via train. Uh, it takes us five and a half hours. <laughs> five Jesus. hours, eleven minutes. Depending on which train I, you get. Disgraceful. First of all, I don't think Cornwall has the population to sustain a bullet train from London no, to Cornwall. True. And also the locals of Cornwall wouldn't be very happy about that. I think that's the main no. factor in the UK. We care a lot about the environment, which is good. It's, it's right good. through Stonehenge. Just right don't give straight a shit. through Stonehenge. Smash it straight yeah. through Stonehenge. Right <laughs> through the, all through the layer lines. Just smash them up. Get out of the way, hippies. There's a train line to build. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. In Japan, they, they don't give a toss about the environment. Um, every no. aspect of the coastline is concreted over. The bullet trains, as much as I love them, they look absolutely horrible. They're all on um, raised concrete platforms, concrete, mm. that goes mm. all the way from Tokyo all the way up to Hakodate in the longest stretch that goes north. And... Yeah, it's a bit of an unsightly view, so I can understand to some extent. Also very expensive and not overly profitable. Like, it's heavily subsidised by the Japanese government. And I think, I don't know, don't, I feel like it wouldn't go down that well in the UK. But also, <laughs> when, you, when you hear about High Speed 2, the train that's supposed to run from, I think, Manchester to London, nobody wants it. People in Manchester are like, I don't want to go all like, fucking London. Why would I want to go down there? I don't want to pay a pound more for my pint. There you go. There's no you get down in Japan, London. You can't get up here for crying out loud. <laughs> I think another factor is because Japan is just a big pile of mountains. It's it's just mm. a, it's a pile of mountains with a country on. It's uh, it's a lot more difficult to get around from city to city, whereas <laughs> UK is pretty flat. So different countries, different needs, I guess. But the main <laughs> takeaway here is I'll be sad the double decker bullet train's gone because I like being five meters up in the air. An extra five meters high when rocketing yep. through the countryside at two hundred miles per hour. King That's what castle. I live for, and I'll be sad <laughs> that I can't do that. Fun fact, though: if you go to Niigata, suck your vending machines. That's that's what you got to do. Yeah, trope, trope. I've seen them. They weren't open when I saw them, though. But still, they weren't open. They weren't open. They were closed up. Closed up. Got there too late. 
Classic Donaldson. Ah, oh, I didn't. I didn't know you'd gone in search of them, but mm. I'm, I'm not surprised. I, I think that was like, when you told me you were going to Niigata. I think that that was the only thing I said. Go and look yeah. at some vending machines. Check out the vending yeah. machines. Yeah. Mm. Never mind. Oh, Never mind. Never mind. We'll be back with the fax machine. Your stories and questions in a moment. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dawson? We got a message from who we got here. My name is Ada. And a question uh, came to mind as I was watching Chris's video about the Kyoto townhouses. As someone learned Japanese, it seems like it would be really intimidating to interview an architect where technical terminology could be thrown at you at any moment. It seems that some of your videos cover sometimes quite niche interests. That's a dig. And I was wondering how much preparation you have to do in Japanese beforehand to cover these topics. And how many things do you need to look up afterwards when doing the translations? All the best, Ada. How do you know what the hell is going on, Chris? Get yourself down to Wikipedia and have a look around <laughs> and then you're an expert in 10 minutes. Yep. We live in an era where everyone's an expert, or they think they are, because they've got Wikipedia and they can read things and they can talk about it on Twitter and they're an expert. It's brilliant. That's how, they, that's how it works these days. That's basically True. every YouTube channel. You could be an expert <laughs> with limited expertise. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. Whenever I do a video, I... Obviously, I do go to Wikipedia briefly, but I do yeah. I do do some genuine research. Like the the, the Kyoto townhouses, I spent a few weeks just reading various articles. When I met Hyde, the uh, the biggest rock star in Japan from Larkensiel, I spent a few weeks researching him and his career and his sort mm. of story. Uh, Fukushima nuclear exclusion zone. I did a lot of reading up on that. And um, so, whenever I do a video, I don't just sort of turn up and just make it up as I go along. I do do as much research as I can on the topic. And that's actually the one of the coolest things about doing uh, YouTube. You can, you know, you, you're sort of immersed in so many different topics and so many different interesting things that at no week or no video is ever, you know, boring. It's, it's mm. always kind of fun. You're always doing new and exciting things, meeting interesting people. And that's something I've always wanted to do. Um, any thoughts on that, Pete? How do you become an expert? Um, I just um, profess... I undersell my proficiency in in anything, and then when I am even entry level or passable at something, uh, people are genuinely surprised. So just be very self-effacing, self uh, self uh, depreciating, mm. self deprecating, um, and self deprecating. And uh, no, yeah, I mean, I, English is my first language, and I can't speak it as I've just shown there. <laughs> so uh, just be shit all the time, and then if you're even sort of clued in on a particular subject, people are like, wow. I did not expect that from Pete. He's thick. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Be shit and use Wikipedia. Great, great life advice there. And to think I was a teacher for three years. We've got one here from Kenny. It says, hey, Chris and Pete, when, I, when I'm able to find a specific vegetarian restaurant, is it normal to ask for a dish without the meat or other modifications, or is it considered odd or rude? Cheers, guys, from Kenny. I mean, <laughs> uh you know, people, when you go to a restaurant in Japan, they do ask if you have any allergies quite a lot. And you can sort of say, oh, I don't like meat. Uh, vegetarian in Japanese is just vegetarian. Vegetarian. Um, <laughs> so pretty simple there. But, uh, I mean, there are quite a lot of vegetarian restaurants in Japan. Vegan mm. restaurants are few and far between, and that is a little bit more difficult. Um, but, I mean, vegetarianism is not overly uncommon here. Um, I think you'll get by a lot easier if you're a vegetarian and not a vegan in Japan. But there are mm. some cool places. There's a There used to be, and I say used to be because I think it might have gone now, a really good restaurant called Tea's Tun Tun, 
and they did really nice vegan food. And there was one at Sendai Station, but it's disappeared and been replaced by a thoroughly not vegetarian Thai restaurant, which is quite good. Um, <laughs> tan tan. I very much like any that. Any advice there, Pete? Any any thoughts? There's always a veggie option for crying out loud, but I mean, you've got to be careful with, as long as you don't mind uh, accidentally uh, ingesting pork broth every now and again, because they just really <laughs> haven't listened to what you said. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the yeah. um, a lot of the broth can have a bit of pork in it um, or mm. fish, so just be careful with that. But yeah. I don't think it's considered odd or rude, you know. Just don't order a burger and be like, I don't <laughs> want the burger in it. But most most uh, burger restaurants have a vegetarian option. Not True. what I would know because I've, I've never, <laughs> never eaten that. Uh, we've got one here from Kayla. Over to Kiora. you. Kiora. Kiora. Chris and Pete, my name is Kayla, but everyone calls me KB. Long-time watcher and uh, listener from North Canterbury, New Zealand. So I was listening to your brilliant podcast while out for a run one crisp Thursday about mid-morning. So, so invested that I failed to notice the uneven pavement fast approaching. As you can imagine, my body and the pavement got acquainted very quickly. And before I knew it, I was sprawled on someone's driveway. Um, my question is, do either of you follow or are interested in sumo? <laughs> I like the fact that that started as where there's a blame, there's a claim, uh, a kind of you'll be hearing from my lawyers, <laughs> that turned into just a very innocuous uh, do you like sumo question <laughs> very quickly. Good old sumo. I... I hope you're right, Kayla. That sounds pretty yeah. serious. It's pretty Look painful. It must be. Yeah. How did it feel laying on the pavement hearing Pete Donaldson's hearing... voice in your ear talking about his noodles? And or yours. And yours. And Thank mine. you. <laughs> just, just imagine that laying on the floor in pain in New Zealand <laughs> with my voice in your ears being like, I can't cook. I can't. I like chicken. <laughs> that's, the, that's the podcast in a nutshell. Um, I, you know what? I still have not seen or done sumo. I have not mm. done it. Um, popular requests, get it every week, but it is quite rare. Like you, you don't just turn up. There's not one pretty much anywhere. Like there's, there's only a few places that do it. I think there's a a place in uh, Tokyo in uh, Taito area near the um, Tokyo Sky Tree. That's the main one, and I think there's one in Osaka as well. But I really don't know much about it, and so I haven't got much grounds to go from i would love to see it though before i leave japan or sometime in the future have you ever seen it pete i don't think you have have you no i've never seen it and and, and this is kind of a really good uh a really good lesson for anyone who's uh you know looking to work with chris if you ask him to do something repeatedly he'll want to do it less so um <laughs> so you'll never see that video about sumo you just never will unfortunately uh but no um yeah i even got the, the, the first clue you occasionally see posters for the um for the shows happening but um would it, would i be right you saying it's a slightly um slightly older demographic but also it's it's seen as being quite a uh high high um what would you what would you, what would you call it like a classy event is that fair going to the sumo a is classy, a classy? Compared to the other pursuits of baseball and soccer and wrestling, you know what? I'm I'm not really sure who goes to watch it. Like, mm. I don't think I don't even think Ryotaro's gone to see it, and he's like mm. completed Japan. He's done everything. <laughs> he's been at every prefecture eight times, and I don't think he's seen it either. No. Um, so it is a, it is a rare thing. I think there's this kind of like it's one of these misconceptions about Japan that there's just sumo everywhere, right? Mm. But there really isn't, and it's incredibly rare. I'm trying to think of like a British equivalent. Like, what's the equivalent in the UK? The of opera, like something. I don't know. The, the... Opera, <laughs> yeah, maybe. yeah, maybe, or a musical. Maybe opera. Or I don't know. The West End. Going to the West End. 
<laughs> Do you remember that story with the old, uh, I think it was a year ago or maybe two years ago, there was a sumo wrestling match and one of the guys got injured and mm. there was a woman nearby who was coming to help the guy, but they wouldn't let her on the platform because women aren't allowed in the sumo ring. Do you remember that? Yes, that rings a bell, actually. Yeah, that was very and that, that caused uh, quite a stir, didn't it? Because she was trying to treat Silly the guy Billies. and the, the people were like, no, no women allowed. And it caused mm. a little bit of uproar and um, damaged its reputation internationally at the time. I think most people mm. forgot about it, but mm. it's quite a strange thing. It's almost like a religious quality to it, which is kind of yeah. interesting, religious yeah. dimension. But yeah, I don't know much about it, and I guess we're going to have to do some more research on it, and I will look into it. I will go down there and uh, do some research. don't know if you can film it, though. don't think you can just walk in and film it, but we'll see. <laughs> do some illegal streaming of it. <laughs> illegal streaming. You wouldn't shoot a sumo. <laughs> don't, don't steal sumo. Uh, I'll check it out. I'll go and film it in 8K. It'll be glorious. Yeah. Uh, keep smashing. the stories, questions, comments coming in to Abroad in Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in the next few days, guys, to do it all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have a great few days, and we'll see you to do it all over again right here on the Abroad in Japan podcast. Bye for now. And bye, Pete. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>